Welcome and thank you for joining us here at Life Central. If you want to know more about who we are and what we're all about, check out our website, lifecentral.org.za or like, follow and subscribe to our social media channels. We hope this message speaks into your life and that you will find meaning and purpose through it, guiding you through your daily life. Growing up, my family would um, watch a specific comedy called Kuperasi Stories. Uh, I'm not even going to try and translate that into English because I'm going to mess it up. But it was a Afrikaans show um, centered around two people sitting on a porch, a middle-aged man and a middle-aged woman. And uh, these two people would sit and speak to the camera as if the camera was an audience or a third person, kind of like what I'm doing now. Um, and ultimately, they would tell the camera stories. Um, in all honesty, they wouldn't just tell the camera stories. They'd actually be gossiping to the camera. Um, they'd be giving away all the all the uh, all the, the the juicy news of what had been happening in their town, um, and. Especially the, the lady, whenever she'd start a gossip story, she'd kind of lead in by saying, you know, I'm not one to talk out about these things, uh, but recently I heard. And then she'd go on to gossip. Um, and it was hilarious. I mean, the entire show was an absolute hoot. It was really, really funny. Um, but in reality, uh, gossip or speaking about people is only funny on TV. It's never funny in real life. In real life, what we say about people matters. In fact, what we say to people matters and how we say it to them matters. But what we say about people matters. It, it makes me think of these three pastors who would get together uh, often and sit and visit and chat and just chat through what they go through in life. And the one day one of these pastors figures out that he's going to turn this little meeting of theirs into a support group, <laughs> a pastoral support group. And um, he ultimately leans into the other two guys and, and he says, guys, I, you know, I've got something that I've got to get off my chest. It's something I've really struggled with and it's like on the verge of destroying my life. But in reality, I really struggle with porn and, and I, I really need help. And uh, the second pastor, he's like, hey man, I, I, I absolutely get where you're coming from. In all truth, I, I'm actually an alcoholic and I just hide it really well, um, but I, I, I so desperately need help. And at this point, the third pastor leans in and he goes, Man, guys, you know, I'm so glad you guys are coming out to this because I, I've got my own struggles, you know, like I really struggle with gossip and I cannot wait to get out of this meeting. <laughs> That's not the confession that you want to hear in that moment. But again, coming back to my point, in real life, what we say about people matters. The truth be told, true or false, 
The stories that we tell travel. The stories that we tell travel, whether it's truthful or whether it's a twisted version of the truth. Ultimately, those stories travel. And I, I've seen in my own life that a, a great question to ask in those moments is, is this my story to tell? Is this my story to tell? Or is it their story that they can share if they feel it needs to be told? Is this my story to tell? Another great way of looking at what we say, how we say it, who we say it to, is do your words produce life or death in others? Do your words produce life or death in others? And we'll get into the meaning behind what I've just said in a few minutes. But ultimately, think about this. Do you talk to people or do you talk about people? Where do you find yourself in there? Another way of looking at this all is we could, we could look at it and say, are you a constant critic or are you a reliable support? Are you a constant critic? Or you a, a reliable support. You see, the constant critic is always skeptical of people. Always skeptical of people. Always kind of thinking the worst of people. What agenda do they have? What are they trying to hide? When they said this, what did they really mean? Did they really mean that or did they mean this? They're always skeptical of people. Where the reliable support, the reliable support, gives the benefit of the doubt in the moment. Gives the benefit of the doubt. Chooses to, to believe the best of that person. The, the constant critic always sees life as a glass half empty. And not just do they have a good dose of skepticism, they've also got a good dose of cynicism. Very cynical about people and life. Whereas the, the reliable support they see the potential in people. The constant critic, they, they always find fault with everything in everyone. Whereas the reliable support, they'll hold the person accountable, but draw out the good in them in the moment. The constant critic expresses their doubts to everyone around them. Whereas the reliable support, they, they rally people around purpose with wisdom. The constant critic is willing to twist the truth to make their point. Whereas the reliable support, they will speak the truth in love. The constant critic is more than willing to be a gossip, whereas the reliable support is a confidant. Not waiting to get out of the meeting so that they can tell everyone, no. Willing to take the information that's given to them, recognize that they are entrusted with something very precious, hold on to that, and love the person through whatever they're going through. I wonder today is, We've spoken through that. What, what camp do you find yourself in? 
Are, are, you, are you, in all honesty, a constant critic? Cynical? Skeptical? Willing to twist things to fit your agenda? Willing to tell stories that aren't yours to tell? Or are you a reliable support? Someone who comes alongside someone to show them that they cared for, to show them that they loved, and to show them that there are safe places where they can trust someone with really sensitive information. Where do you find yourself? Are you in a camp that is happy to, let's just call a spade a spade, lie and gossip, speak hurtful words about people, possibly even to people, without any care of who they are or how this may affect them? Are you someone who wants to speak the truth, wants to be that support, wants to speak the truth in love? Where do you find yourself? I wonder today, as we asked that question earlier, do your words produce life or death in others? It was King Solomon in all his wisdom, in his, his wisdom proverbs, where he, he, he says this, he said, he said, the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That line within itself says so much. Another translation says that there is that that uh, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. I love the way that the message paraphrase puts it, where where Eugene Peterson put it this way. He said, "Words kill." Words give life. They either poison or fruit you choose. There isn't either poison or truth you choose. I wonder today, as you consider the words that you use, what are they? Are they poison? Or are they fruit? Where do you find yourself? It was James, the brother of Jesus, who spoke into this. Where he speaks about the power of the tongue. How the tongue is this small little part of our bodies, yet it can control our bodies and it can ultimately control our lives. He he compares it to to a bit and a bridle and how small they are in comparison to the size of a horse. But yet you can control this massive beast with this small little bit and bridle. He also compares it to a a ship and its rudder and how small the rudder is in comparison to the ship. But yet the small rudder can control this massive ship and can send it wherever the pilot desires for it to go. That's quite a thought that the tongue in our lives has that kind of strength, that kind of power. Then he goes on to speak about how double-minded we can be when it comes to the use of our words. When he says this, he, he, he says, sometimes 
It praises our Lord and Father. And sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Stop for a minute and just consider what we just read there. If you don't believe that to be true, think about this. Driving in your car, riding on your motorcycle. In your car, the radio's on or you're playing some, some song, some worship music. Uh, some Christian Jesus song playing on your radio. Or if you're riding on your bike and you've got a headset and you've got some, some praise and worship going. And if you're old school, maybe it's a bit of all things are possible, you know, or if you're new school, it's maybe some dry bones, hear the word of the Lord or whatever's going on in there. But you're like giving Jesus your all in the moment, singing at the top of your lungs. Thank God it's only you in your helmet or only you in the car. Um, so no one's getting scared. Um, but in a split moment, you get cut off and you go from Jesus, Jesus, Jesus to footsack you X, Y, and Z, explicit, explicit, explicit. And you've just gone from praising God with your mouth to cursing those he made. And that's what James is speaking about here. And I, I think that that is a universal example. I think that that is something that so many of us struggle with on a daily basis how true this is that James is speaking about here he carries on and he says and so blessing and cursing comes pouring out of the same mouth surely my brothers and sisters this is not right <laughs> does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs no and you, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Think about it. If right now I poured, I poured something to drink for you out of a Coke bottle and I gave it to you and you drank it and I said to you, hey man, how's that grape-tizer? You'd think I'm on crack. You'd be like, this isn't great. This is Coke. You know? That's it. Why? Why won't you believe? No matter how many times I call it grape-tizer, no matter how badly I try and convince you that it's grape-tizer, why won't you believe that it's grape-tizer? Because what you've just drunk, what you've just experienced was Coke. And, and here, in, in all honesty, this might be exactly the reason why people around us struggle with us. Because it might be that we're trying to claim one thing, but the experience that people are gaining is something completely different. That we're claiming Jesus, but people are experiencing something else. That our language and our label don't line up and today you might be listening to this and you're not a Jesus follower and if you're honest what we've just described that's your exact problem that you have with people who call themselves Jesus followers that's the exact reason why you don't want to set foot in a church because you've seen people claim one thing and live another claim to speak life but when it comes to you, you've just experienced death. They've claimed grape-tizer and all you've experienced is Coke. And that might be exactly why you find yourself in a place where you want nothing to do with Jesus. 
because you've experienced something so different from people who claim to follow him. And if that is you today, then my hope and my prayer for you is that you will pursue Jesus and not get hung up by the mistakes of those who claim to follow him. But if you claim to follow him, that's a big wake up call for you and for me. Does what we claim line up with what people experience? And it's at this point that James comes and he starts to shift his language in this letter. He, he shifts, shifts it from, from, from the words that we use to, to the wisdom that we function in. Here's what he says. He says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. If you are wise and understand God's ways, come on, prove it. Prove it. Again, coming back to that thing of what we say and what people experience, does it line up? If you're claiming this, then prove it. Prove it. And he carries on and he says this. He says, he says prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. The humility that comes from wisdom. Guys and ladies, is that humility seen and found in our lives? Because the key point here for me is humility. You see, when I'm willing to be humble, when I'm willing to function from a point of humility, not from a point of pride, not from a point of trying to be the best, trying to show off, trying to, trying to boast, trying to twist things so that I'll look good and possibly even to the point where I'm willing to put you down so that I can feel good about myself. But when I'm willing to humble myself, I believe that that's where our language shifts, where the words that we use become very intentional, that we become very mindful of what we're saying, who we're saying it to, and who we're saying it about. You see, humility irons all that stuff out because the truth be told, lying, gossip, Hurtful language, they're all found in pride. It might even be coming from, from a very broken place, definitely. But yet pride within itself. Paul carries on, uh, James carries on and he says this. He says, but if, you, uh, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Don't cover these things up. Again, pride is willing to cover up. Humility will own it. Humility will be honest in the moment and go, you know what, my brew, I'm sorry, I messed up. Pride, no, I'll shift the blame. I'll cover it up with boasting and I'll cover it up with twisting the truth to suit my agenda. I'll cover it up with lying. Humility doesn't allow for that. He carries on. James carries on and he says this. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. I mean, this guy doesn't hold back. He's like giving it the full dose of this is what it produces. This is what it's all about. He carries on and he says, for whatever, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there 
you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition. See, guys and ladies, when we're not willing to function from a point of humility, inevitably we'll gravitate to a place where jealousy will start pouring out of us, where, 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 where um, a selfish ambition starts to take over. Because when I'm not willing to be humble, when I'm not willing to humble myself, then my ego becomes very important. Then the I in me <laughs> becomes very important. And from that space, all that my life produces is poison. But when I'm willing to humble myself, my life produces fruit. I don't kill people. I feed people. What I love about what James speaks about here is he goes on to give us a checklist. And here's what he says. In this checklist, he says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving. It is gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. You see, when I look at that checklist, man, I look at my own life and I go, Ramon, is this stuff evident in your life? When people look at your life, when people experience your life, is this what they experience? I mean, it's great that James talks about it here and kind of lays it out for us. But, but guys, come on. This stuff has to find feet in our lives. Like, do people really experience this in my life? Is it pure? Is it peace-loving? You know, not does it... Does it try and keep the peace? No. Does it pursue peace? Is it peace loving? Is it gentle at all times or is it arrogant? What, it, what is it? Is it willing to, to yield to others? In other words, it's not about me being right. It's about what's right. It's not about who's right. It's about what's right. Am I in that moment willing to go, you know what, as I said earlier, I messed up. Forgive me. I'm willing to humble myself because it's not about me being right. It's about me pursuing what's right. Is it full of mercy? Does it, does it speak into giving mercy to those the same way in which I receive mercy day in and day out? And the fruit of it. Is it the fruit of good deeds? Does it show no favoritism? Is it always sincere? I love the way that Jesus put it, where Jesus spoke into it. And, and, and Jesus says this, he says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What's that treasury of your heart? What's that treasury? What's, what's, what's the, 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 the hidden things in your life? He carries on and he says, what you say flows from what is in your heart. 
What you say flows from what is in your heart. Other translations say from the overflow of the mouth of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the overflow of the heart, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I wonder what's your mouth saying that's overflowing from your heart onto everyone around you? What a thought. What are people again experiencing when you open your mouth? You see, our words will reveal what's going on inside of us in those hidden, dark, inner recesses of our lives. <laughs> what's going on? Because our words will reveal it. Whenever we speak, our choice of words become either a choice of life or death, a choice of foolishness or wisdom, a choice of poison or fruit. I wonder today, are your words killing people or feeding people? I pray it's the latter. But maybe today, as you consider your next steps, you recognize, Ramon, unfortunately, it's the former. Unfortunately, if I'm honest with myself, there is. That ego wants to jump out quite often. That selfish ambition wants to jump out quite often. That, that jealousy wants to jump out quite often. No, I've maybe not filled myself with the stuff that I need to in order for that humility to be alive and active in my life. And as a result, my words can be quite hurtful. If that's you today, then maybe today is the day to come and surrender your mouth, your tongue, the desires of your heart. Maybe today is the day to come and just go, Lord, I want to give this aspect of my life to you because I do not want to poison people anymore. I want this life to produce the sort of fruit that feeds people, that people can come and feast off of, that, that can nourish people, that can bring life into really broken situations and healing into hurting hearts. That's the sort of life that I wanted to produce, the sort of fruit that I want my words to produce in the life of others. And if that's you today, would you pray with me right now as we just pray and ask, Dear Lord, may my thoughts of my mind and the words of my heart be pleasing to you. As I meet with you daily, will you fill me with your wisdom? May my words speak of the grace that you have shown me. Fill this mouth with your truth with your love, with your peace and your mercy. As I follow you with humility and walk in your wisdom. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening in to the Life Central podcast today. If you would like to get connected or get involved, follow us on social media or visit our website, lifecentral.org.za. 
We hope you join us here again next week.